Zechariah chapter 4. We're going to go to the Old Testament today. Zechariah, you love your Bibles? Yeah. You ready for the word? Yeah. All right, Zechariah, you ready for the word? Yeah. All right. Zechariah chapter 4 verses 1 to 7 says this. This is going to be our foundational text for the series that we're going to be in for the next few weeks. This is the angel who was speaking with me, then returned and roused me as one awakened out of sleep. Just like a therapeutic moment. How many of you would say you read the Old Testament and sometimes it's super weird? Can we just be honest? Like, let the valve out. Um, I think for some of us, it's like we keep everything. No, no. The Old Testament's weird at times. Let's just be honest. Okay? There's crazy stuff in there. We don't necessarily understand it. What I want to do is we, I'm going to unpack this scripture a little bit, and then we'll get to the practicalities of it. But I hope we can kind of demystify some things. Um, I said this at downtown uh, so many times when we read the, the Old Testament, we're unclear of the background and the backdrop of what's going on. Uh, if, if Pastor Dave and I were to have a conversation right now that got recorded where I talked about uh, Jesus being like Luke Skywalker and the devil being like Darth Vader and the cross is like a lightsaber, that's a weird conversation. <laughs> But all of you are like, oh, yeah, I totally get it, right? But 2,000 years from now, somebody may not get that because they don't understand the culture, they don't understand the context. And that's what happens a lot in the, in the Old Testament is that we read something and we, it, it doesn't make sense sometimes because we don't understand the backdrop. So uh, give me a few minutes to work through this and then we're going to get to the meat of this thing. Is that good? Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. All right, so he, said, he asked me, verse 2, what do you see? I replied, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top. The lampstand also has seven lamps at the top with seven spouts for each of the lamps. There are also two olive trees beside it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. So what's happening is that we're being given this picture of these olive trees that are sourcing these lamps with oil and these lamps are staying lit constantly because of the oil that comes from these trees. Does that make sense? Now, the topography of this particular area in the world, olive trees and olives were readily available. And so you get this picture from the Old Testament. And many times the Holy Spirit and oil are likened together. So many times oil was a representative, a picture, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. Have we shot Holy Spirit? Okay. And so right now, this picture that the angel is giving to Zechariah is saying this, is showing him this picture of these olive trees that are supplying these lamps with flowing oil. Does that make sense? And the lamps are staying lit because of this oil. Then the angel asks, who was speaking with me, what are these, my Lord? Don't you know what they are? Replied the angel who was speaking with me. I said, no. So he answered me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. So Zechariah is receiving this message to give to this other dude. We're just going to call him Z. <laughs> Zero, you babble, okay? And he says this, this is what I want you to say. Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit. Says the Lord of armies. What are you, great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. So the angel is giving him this message, which simply means this, is the simplicity in the message. It is not going to be by your might. It is not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by what comes in and through the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is a never-ending source. Let me say that one more time. The Spirit of the Lord is a never-ending source. Like these olive trees supplying oil to these lamps that burn, He is a never-ending source that is supplying a power to you and I that never runs out and our lives can continue to burn. And that's the simplicity of this scripture. 
And so today as we begin our series, Not By Might, I want to speak to you from the subject supply and demand. Supply and demand as we look at the Holy Spirit's work and power in our lives. Will you pray with me just one more time? This morning, Jesus, we need your word, not my words. Speak to us now. Our hearts are soft. Our ears are open. We need your voice. We need everything that you have for us in this moment. May your word come alive to us. And God, I pray that as it takes root in our lives, that fruit would be born of it. That it would change us and transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Uh, So we just got back from vacation. It was awesome. Um, We celebrated our 15-year anniversary. We spent nine nine days with just her and I. No kids. Praise the Lord. We dropped him off at her sister's house, and then we flew on a jet plane, and we were on a beach, and it was beautiful, and it was just her and I. It was glorious, but we were in an all-inclusive resort, right? So everything's there, and I don't know how many of you have like been on a cruise or an all-inclusive resort, but they give you everything, right? Like food nonstop, anything you want nonstop, like ice cream nonstop, everything nonstop, because I mean, seriously, we want a source of ice cream that's nonstop. Like, come on, somebody. That's where the Lord's at. And so, um, so we're, we're on, we're on this, uh, we're in this resort and we sit down to eat one day and she orders something and they said, they, they said these words to us. They go, oh, sorry, we ran out of that. And I was like, wait, come again? This is an all-inclusive resort. You are not supposed to run out of things, right? First world problems, I know. And so we were sitting there and, and I started thinking about it because the idea is this. Like when you're in this place, you, you have this idea that like it's constantly sourced to you, right? And if you're like me, when you're there, you're just like, well, they have it. Might as well eat it, right? And so that's the, that's the place that we were at. And we were surprised we were taken back when what we were expecting didn't come through. We were taken back when, when we had this idea that something was supposed to have everything for the length of time that we were there, come to find out that they ran out. And this is the picture that we need to grab a hold of when it comes to what Zechariah is being told, is that at the end of the day, there's two realities to our life. We're either going to do it on our own, in our own power, in our own might, and in our own strength, and we're going to run out, or we're going to do it by way of the Spirit of God in our lives, and we're going to have a source that never runs out, we will continue to always burn. And I don't know about you, but I think for so many of us, we're just white knuckling it through life. Right? You've been there before? Where you're just holding on, hoping it works out. Zachariah is being told that the power that we need would only come from a greater source and supply of power. And that Zerubbabel's temptation would be like the temptation we face on the daily. And that's to do this life, do this faith, do this journey on our own, in our own power, in our own strength. And my concern is that many of us are doing that. Many of us have taken on our own life. We've taken on our own reality. And we're trying to just manhandle our way through it. You ever been there before? Come on, show of hands, therapeutic moment. Let's just put it out there so we all realize that we're underneath the same banner here. How many of you have tried to do life on your own? Come on. Well, right there. Welcome to church. Right? We are all recovering addicts of doing it on our own. Myself included. And, and you have to understand, my personality, I'm like, I'm kind of geared that way. I'm a driver. I have high energy. And I'm the type of person, and maybe there's a few of in this room, where I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Let me do it. And then it's transferred to our kids. Maybe my two-year-old right now. She says, like, when we try to do something for her, she says, no, I do it. I'm like, you just learned how to walk. What do you mean you do it? Right? 
you don't do anything. <laughs> you still go to the bathroom in your pants. You don't do nothing. <laughs> At least I don't do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me you do it. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you just don't trust somebody who still goes to the bathroom in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> So this passage presents to us three important words that we need to understand. And um, it's right there in the scripture. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. All right. So this first word, might. Every shot, might? Might. It's the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word means military strength and human prowess. In other words, so he says, not by your strength and not by your prowess. The second word, power. Shout power. Power. The Hebrew word, come on, shout power with some power. power. There we go. The Hebrew word means strength of the load carriers. So there's this really cool picture that says you can't carry it on your own. So he says, not by military strength or human prowess. It's not by fight. Not by grit. Not by your strength. Not by your power. In other words, you can't carry it on your own. He says, by the spirit. The Hebrew word is ruha. Breath of the Lord is what it means. The same breath that worked in creation. The same breath that opened and closed the Red Sea. The same breath that brought life back into Jesus. He says, by that spirit, by that power, by that breath, you can do what God's called you to do. Are you guys tracking with me so far? So at the end of the day, he's saying, not by your might, not by your power, but by the spirit, by the breath of God, the same God who put with a word the stars into the sky. He separated the waters from the earth. Come on, he made things. He created things. He birthed things. He brought dry bones back to life. That same breath is the same power that causes you to be more than an overcomer. That's how we conquer, right? We sing the song, this is how I fight my battles. Like sometimes you think that's great words, but what we're really saying is this is how I fight my battles, by by his power, by the breath of God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say breath. Turn back and say, I know, you got some. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. These these words are important for us to understand because they create the backdrop necessary for understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Who he is and what the Holy Spirit supplies in our lives. Now for some of us right now, even the term Holy Spirit freaks you out. You're like, whoa, they said Holy Spirit. Because we have different connotations and different realities, don't we? We've seen different things. And if I were to use the term Holy Ghost, you'd be like, nope, I'm out. Peace. Peace. I don't like zombies, let alone a Holy Ghost. <laughs> can, we, can we just deal with some terminology right now? Right? Because I think sometimes we, we, we don't speak to these things, so we can be tense. And I just want to like just open the valve, let the air out for a second, we can breathe. Because I want to talk about this safely. I want to talk about this in a way that we can understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Because for many of us, we've seen it exercised a certain way. We understand the Holy Spirit from a certain image. And I want to take the mysticism out of it. I want to take the spookiness out of it. And I want us to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Because we need the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Right? Many of us have settled for living a normal life. When we've been called and equipped to live a supernatural life. Let's say that one more time. Many of us have settled to live a normal life when we have been called and equipped to live a supernatural life. So what is a supernatural life? It's where God takes your natural life and he sprinkles some super on it. 
Can we make it? See? Sometimes it's super, we see supernatural and you think Ghostbusters. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. God just adds some of his super to your natural. He doesn't pull away your humanity. How many of you know you still fight with your humanity, you still wrestle with your humanity, even when God's working in you? That's the crazy part. That's why some of us get so frustrated because we're like, I'm still human. Yes, you are. You are still very much a human. He just adds his presence, his spirit. Come on, some. He adds it to our life. We've got to stop settling for a normal life when we've been called and equipped to live a supernatural life. Theologian Charles Spurgeon put it like this, without the spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind or chariots, without steeds, like branches without sap. We are withered like coals without fire. We are useless. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, Paul would double down on this thought. He would say, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, right? But the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. There it is right there. And so we got to understand there's a power that we have in and through this gift that's been given to us, the Holy Spirit. So we try to build these lives that we hope work out. You ever been there before? You ever said that before? I hope it works. You close your eyes. I hope it works. Right? Some of us walk out the door on a daily basis. We go, I hope it works. Here we go. We'll find out. The thing is, is that in and through the Holy Spirit, We do not have to hope that it works. Because the Bible tells us that he works all things together for his good. Even if it doesn't look like it's working in that moment. You know what I'm talking about? That's like the premise of Ikea furniture. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't know if this is working. (laughs) It's not. It's Ikea. We live in a time right now where we're building our lives on shifting sands, ever-changing realities, where truth seems to be relative, cynicism is our perspective, and hopelessness prevails. So we try to build, keep on building, only to be met with exhaustion, frustration, I'm talking to somebody right now, weariness and hopelessness, which then forces us to try to build again and again and again and again in the same way that we're doing it. And we create the system that therapists would call maintaining processes. We actually decide not to do something new because we've gotten good at maintaining. Uh-oh. Think about that. So we get into this deliberate, like we, we get into this system that is, is uh, debilitating to us, but we know, man, I can't change this because if I change what I'm maintaining, because I've gotten good at maintaining, my life is going to crumble. And so it's far easier for me to maintain my brokenness than to try to interrupt it and have something new in my life because I don't know what this new journey will look like. But if we can step back for a moment, we start to realize, wait a second, by the Spirit of God, I can build in a different way. And while it may hurt at its breaking point, while it may hurt where there's an interruption, for some of us today, right now, your life has been interrupted in a moment. You walked in here and something changed. All of a sudden, in worship, something broke loose. Something started to be different inside of you. And now you're going to have the ultimate decision ahead of you. Am I going to continue down this path and I'm going to allow this brokenness to work itself out and I'm going to allow the one who puts things back together or I'm going to maintain my process. Can I just encourage you, like with all bluntness, don't maintain the process. Stop. 
Like interrupt it. Interrupt the cycle, the spiral. Interrupt it. And it's interrupted by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Right? As we put our faith and our trust and our hope in the Lordship of Christ in our life, we experience and receive a supply of power like no other. Listen to this. Our future, your future, my future is not dependent upon what we can build in our own power or produce in our own outright. But rather our future is dependent upon that which is built by the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 5, listen to this. I love this verse right here, verse 38. It says, so in the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. So right now what's happening is at the beginning of Acts, the church is getting some steam. Its wheels are starting to move. Man, people are preaching Jesus and lives are being transformed and changed and they're doing good in their community and people are coming to find out about who this Jesus is. But there's this cohort of Pharisees who are trying to stand against it. They're saying, not on our watch, it's not going to happen. We're sticking to the law. We're sticking to the old ways. And right here, one of the Pharisees in the middle of it, he has this light bulb moment. Light bulb, bing, pops on. And he says this out of his own heart. Watch what he says. So in this present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. Can I tell you that if that business that you're trying to build, you're building it by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, come on somebody, it cannot be toppled over. When our marriage is built on the Holy Spirit, when our relationships are built on the Spirit of God, when our faith is built on the Spirit of God, when our churches are built on the Spirit of God, nothing can stand against it. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Who, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Come on, all these verses start applying. Why? Because my strength is not my strength. My strength is the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, can someone just shout amen in this moment? It's the Holy Spirit in our lives. But many of us are void of the power source because we're trying to do it in our own way. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at what is supplied in and through the Holy Spirit, this power supply that we have. I want to look at three things, really simple truths, so that we can understand how he's supplying us and what we can rely on in these moments of life and faith. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. All right, need your help every shot number one. Right. Here's the first thing is that we are supplied with a help like no other. We are supplied with a help. Every shot help? Yeah. Come on, every shot help like you need help? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Help! <laughs> I think that's the best prayer. Yeah. Yes. All right? And you got to do it with like some zing. Help! Like you gotta, you gotta shout help. I think for a lot of us, we pray thinking we have to pray in big words in old English with an English accent. Oh, that's father. <laughs> Come to thine rescue. No, stop. Help is good. Come on, come on. I just helped somebody out today. Help is okay. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be big. And it doesn't need to have an accent. (laughs) We're supplied with a help like no other. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. To be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. That word counselor. The Greek word is parakleton. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Parakleton. Which means. 
It comes from two words, alongside and called. Or a better designation would be one called alongside to help. It's a paraclete. And so when Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, really what he's saying is I'll give you a helper, one called alongside to help you. A.B., pop up here. Pop up here really quick. This is my buddy A.B. Come on, give me, put your hands together for A.B. He's single, ladies. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just okay. So, A.B., yeah. he's the Holy Spirit. Okay? And I'm Jason. And Jay, you got a good designation today, bro. Right? So, A.B. is the Holy Spirit. And for many of us, this is how we're doing life. Right, this gift that we have, and I'm and I'm trying to like, man, I've got this addiction that I'm going through, I've got this frustration that I'm going through, I've got this marriage that I'm trying to work on, I've got this business that I'm trying to build, I've got this sickness that's in my body, and I'm trying to trying to do it on my own, and I got my head down, and I'm pushing through, and I'm grinding. You ever been there before? You ever felt like that before? And Jesus said, "Listen, I've given you a Paracleton who comes alongside of you in your moment, and so what ends up looking, life starts looking like this if we allow it to be, where we link arms." with me I have a helper that now walks with me even through the stuff that doesn't look good feel good or seem good even in my brokenness the paracleton the helper the Holy Spirit is walking with me helping me so when I'm facing my addiction come on somebody I'm not doing it alone when I'm working through my problems I'm not doing alone I got AB the Holy Spirit you spin this way right he's walking with me he's with me he never leaves me he never forsakes me that's why we're that's why we're singing these things right here why because I have this amazing gift that walked he's my paracleton maybe that's a better word for Holy Spirit maybe not however you need to do it you can run around saying Holy Spirit or you can say paracleton I don't care you got your cleats on but you have the Holy Spirit that's walking with you he is a help like no other come on put your hands together for AB thanks buddy You could say, put your cleats on. That might help too. <laughs> so what does he give you though? What's, what's the help? What's the type of help that we get through the Holy Spirit? Well, he helps through defense. He's actually your defender. Right? He helps through counsel. He's actually your counselor. He counsels you. John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11. Listen to this. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit. This is Jesus speaking. It is for your benefit that I go away. That's interesting that Jesus would say, it's for your benefit that I leave. Because how many of us are like, no, I want Jesus. Like right here. That's awesome. I want that. But he says, it's for your benefit that I go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. He helps through comfort. Come on, show of hands. How many of you could use some comfort <laughs> in different moments of your life? Four of you. Let's try to, how many of you would agree? I could use some comfort, right? These are not trick questions. I want us to see this because we're all in the same place. Because I think so many times we can come into places like this and we get our heads twisted as to what's going on in our lives. I need comfort. Why? Because I'm crazy. So I'm like, I got that. But here's the thing that we need to understand. You can't have what you actively reject. And I think sometimes we're playing a game with the Holy Spirit where it's like, I want the Holy Spirit's help, but I don't want his conviction. (laughs) I want the Holy Spirit's comfort, but I don't want his correction. I want his counsel, but I want what I want. 
This is what Paul would say in Galatians. He says, so I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't know what you want, right? But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now, watch what happens. The works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I'm warning you about these things as I've warned you before. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is something different. He says it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, and it's self-control. The law is not against such things. So now those who belong to Christ... Jesus had been crucified in the flesh with his passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So the question is, is where are we at? What are we desiring? What are we wanting? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to be our helper? Every shout helper. helper. Number two, the second thing. Every shout number two. Yeah. Second thing is that we are supplied with a strength like no other. I got the power. It's a great song. <laughs> I'm not going to keep singing. <laughs> How many of you like me when I hear that song, you get really amped? Like, you're going to go take on the world. Two of you. Fantastic. You're my people. <laughs> I got the power. Beanie. Beanie. Right? Like, <laughs> it gets me. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, that's a worship song next week. <laughs> I got the beanie. The beanie, beanie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you talk, Devon's like, uh-uh, I quit now. I quit. <laughs> but I think some of us, how many of you, what was the, what was the movie with Jim Carrey? Um, uh, the li- not Liar Liar. What was it? Yes, the one with God. Bruce Almighty. That's what it was, right? When he got the power, and he's like, I got the power! And he's walking around, he's like just doing like all this, like he's doing his stuff. And at the end of the day, when we understand how the Holy Spirit works in our life, our confidence changes because I start to realize that while I don't have the power, I have a power. Right? So we can with confidence say, listen, I'm going to walk out of the door today, and while I don't like my job, and I hate my coworkers, and it's not going the way that I want it to, I got the power, right? Like, and some of you are like, you're making this so simple. Yeah, because we've made it so complicated. Come on, Pastor. It's good. We've turned the Holy Spirit into this mystic Harry Potter thing. Come on. He's our paracleton. He walks with it. It's not crazy. It's not fancy. <laughs> Paul would say in Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 11, For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus. And watch this, what he says. Let's, let's see it. And he goes, and we do not put confidence in the flesh. Yeah. What's he saying? It means that I don't take confidence. I don't, let, I don't let my confidence come from me. Right. Yeah. How many of you have seen the movie Coach Carter? Yeah. Show of hands. Coach Carter people? Okay, some of you. Um, Coach Carter, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. It's an awesome movie. So he, uh, after a basketball game where these kids are coming together, starting to work as a team, they're doing it, they're rocking it out, they're starting to win, and they're starting to get cocky, right? And so Coach Carter walks in like only Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> can do, <laughs> right? So he walks in, and he's got a strut, and he bends down, and he ties his shoelace, and then he looks at the shoelace, and he goes... Did that? Look at that! Come on, somebody! I tie 
You see that? I touch. You see that shoe? <laughs> what was he trying to do? He was trying to get them to see that it wasn't one person who made the team. It was the team that made the team. Paul's trying to say, it's not you that makes you. It's the Spirit of God that makes you. I don't put confidence in my flesh. Now, Paul would go on to say right here in Philippians, he goes, I got plenty of things to put confidence in. That's what he would say. That's how cocky he was. He's like, yo, I'm awesome. I can, put, I can put confidence in my education. I can put confidence in my lineage. I can put confidence in my familial background. That's what he's saying. And he goes, but when I come to the end of it all, I count it all as loss. All is lost. All is rubbish. In order to know the surpassing power of Christ in me. What was he saying? At the end of the day, I cannot put confidence in my flesh because I am a broken, messed up human being. But I can put confidence. I can boast in God because his spirit living in me allows me to live beyond normal in a supernatural way. So I don't put confidence. We're supplied with a strength, with a power like no other. Seven years as a church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Two campuses, five services this Sunday. And guess what? It has nothing to do with me. It is not about a preacher. It is not about a worship team. It has nothing to do with these guys. They're great. They're awesome. But they're not that cool. Guess what? It has nothing to do with you. Honestly, the true power would be seen if these walls crumbled tomorrow. Is the church built by the Spirit of God or is the church built by the Spirit of man? Does it stand when no walls are around it? And I stand here today to let you know as a senior pastor, just more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm advocating and pushing towards this idea. Like this is why we do team ministry around here so nobody can get fluffy. So nobody can think that they're awesome. Right? Like, I know my wife can preach better than I can. Like, I get it. She's amazing. <laughs> right? And I know that we have talent and everything like that. Can I tell you that your greatest talent does not do what God can do in a moment? Did you know that your greatest talent will never change the disposition of a soul? <laughs> Someone once said that the greatest miracle that you ever witness is not somebody being healed from sickness. Or raising from the dead. Or having an arm grow back. So the greatest miracle that you will ever witness is the conversion of a soul. From death, come on somebody, to life. From old to new. From broken to whole. No talent, no message, no team, no church building can do what only God can do. And it's outright. That's why we worship Jesus and Jesus alone. And so that's, why is that important? Well, at the end of the day, I think for some of us, we think that we're better than we are. Or we think we're worse than what we are. How many of you, show of hands, have heard of the Enneagram before? Show of hands. Disc test. Keep your hands up. Disc test. Strength finder. Any person. How many of you have taken a personality test before? Show of hands. Most, most all of us in here. I don't like them. <laughs> We've used them. And I think they're great. We should change them from personality tests. We should no longer call them personality tests. We should call them self-awareness exams. Okay? That's, that's, my, new, that's my new term. So self-awareness. Because here's the, here's the idea. If it's a test, then I'm looking at it as if it's actually telling me truth about myself. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Wow. Right? 
Here's the problem. I think some of us are living according to our number, according to our letter, according to our test. Did you know the testing in high school told me that I was average? (laughs) Below average. (laughs) Yes. It's true. It's true. I can live according to it. You could live according to it. 1 Corinthians 1, 27-31. But God shows what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God shows what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God shows what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. You became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So it doesn't matter how low you are, how below average you are, how great you are, what talents you have or what you don't have, where your looks are at or where your looks are not. It doesn't matter about your education. It doesn't matter about your bank account. It doesn't matter about your disposition. It doesn't matter about your family and where you came from. I will boast in the Lord. Why? Because he supplies me with everything that I need. Number three, everybody shout number three. We are supplied with a freedom like no other. We're supplied with a freedom like no other. Second Corinthians chapter 3, I love this. Verse 17. Are you hearing the heart behind this message today? He says this. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He says, now where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Here at the well, we're doubling down on some things this year. We're doubling down on worship. We just had a powerful worship night just about a week and a half ago. Many of you were there, and I just heard nothing but great things. I was on a beach, I'm sorry. The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. He doesn't necessarily inhabit the string of an acoustic guitar. He inhabits the praises of people, although I contend that the Holy Spirit lives in the bass. (laughs) You too. (laughs) He inhabits the praises of his people. Did you know that we could pull all of this away and we could come up here with a kazoo and some spoons? But as his people praises, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We can have drums and guitars and lights and where his people praise, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It could be gospel. It could be R&B. It can be rock and roll. It can't be country. The rest of them, he inhabits the praises of his people. (laughs) What's the point? 
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So we're going to continue to be a church that worships the way that we do. With complete abandon. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what the person next to you is worshiping through. We're going to keep on preaching the words so that all of us can understand it. So that we can grapple with it and work with it. And can I, can I just say this? That the way that we do everything here at the church, it may not be the way that others do it or you would do it or anything like that. But we're just trying to make sure that we create a place, no matter what it looks like, that we create a place where his people can praise, yeah. his people can worship. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Yeah. And I think many, many times we've got to step back and start, and start realizing that our systems aren't what bring Jesus. Right? It's our praise. We don't do everything perfect as a church. Are you guys understanding me right now? It may not be the way you would worship or I would worship. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't like some of the songs that we do. <laughs> but I trust our leaders when they say, hey... We want to we put this song out here because it helps people abandon themselves in worship. And where, where we worship, where, his praise, where the praise is at, God inhabits, and where the spirit is, there's freedom. But there's other times. Downtown, tonight, it's all acoustic. This is powerful this morning. An acoustic guitar and three singers. And guess what? The same spirit that was here was there. Are you guys tracking with me right now? Some of you are like, ooh, I want all acoustic because it's loud. <laughs> it doesn't, it, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So today, as we worship, as we read God's word, where there's community, it says that God commands a blessing, right? Why? Because the spirit's there. So guess what? That's why we do table groups. That's why we say get in small groups. Not big groups all the time. Small groups. Right? Because 12 people come together in all of our stuff and all of our things. I just talked to somebody on the way in this morning. They're like, they're like, they grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me. And they said, table groups are awesome. And they go, oh, I don't know why I've never went before. He goes, I didn't know God could do so much in such a small format. I was like, praise the Lord. Because that's what it's about. Community. Worship. The Word. Simple. It's not complex. My prayer is this, is that we would be a church as we continue on to the next seven years. We're not changing anything. We're going to keep on doing what we've been doing. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name.